Welcome to Seed Time Living. This is where we help you transform your financial life using timeless biblical principles. I'm your host, Bob Lodick, and I'm so glad to have you here today. I am super excited because my guest today is Mark Batterson, who is a prolific writer, um, New York Times bestselling author of over 20, 20 something books. And one of the big ones is a circle maker, which you might've heard of. He's got a new book out um, called Win the Day, which I've begun to dive into and I'm really excited about. So I read through the introduction and I was kind of hooked. It's just really great. So you, you mentioned this quote by Thomas Carlyle, this guy from ages ago. And he says, our grand business undoubtedly is not to see what lies dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly at hand. And so then you go on to explain that Sir William Osler, he had all the success because of that one particular quote and how it impacted him so much. And I like what you said. He said, instead of fixating on things that lie dimly at a distance, concentrate on what lies clearly at hand. Simply put, focus on inputs rather than outcomes. Can you chat a little bit about that? Yeah, well, Sir William Osler was the father of modern medicine gave this speech at Yale University. And I, I love studying commencement speeches because in about 10 minutes, you get people's sort of philosophy of life. Yeah. And he, here he is talking to these Yale students and his message is live in daytight compartments. Mm. You've got to bury dead yesterdays. You can't worry too much about unborn tomorrows. No matter what goal you're going after, problem you're trying to solve, habit you're trying to establish, it happens one day at a time. So that really is kind of the heartbeat of the book, Bob, that uh, yeah. every day in a sense is the first day and last day of our lives. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Like the daytime compartment thing, like that really resonated with me. Because I think so many of us get caught up in our one-year, five-year, 10-year goals and all these things. And like you mentioned in the book, we also get bogged down by all of our failures in the past that keep us from stepping out. And I love this idea of just operating in a daytime compartment. So can you expand on that a little bit, explain what you mean by that and what that looks like practically? Yeah, maybe I have a little bit of fun with it. I don't know why this pops into my mind, even though yeah. it is one story I tell in the book. You know, last year, the Washington Nationals started out the season terrible. My office is a few blocks from their stadium. I think they were in last place. I think they had like a 0.1% <laughs> chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. And here they end up winning the World Series. But I love the message that their coach, Dave Martinez, he said to the team at kind of a critical moment, he said, let's go 1-0 and today. And that was the message. And so yeah. sometimes, Bob, I think we, we get these losing streaks and they can happen emotionally or relational, even financially or spiritually. And we kind of give up on ourselves or we give up on God. What we have to do if we're going to flip the script is we've got to go one and O today. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And the Lord's prayer, we wish it said, give us this month our monthly bread, but that's yep. not what it says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's daily bread. Yeah, that's really good. In terms of me, like scheduling out my day each day, how has this mentality and this mindset affected how you plan? Because there's still value in thinking beyond today, but 
I'll, I'll let you comment on that. Yeah. And I love the question. I'll answer it kind of in a goal-oriented way. Yeah. When I was 22, Bob, I felt called to write, but it's not a natural gifting. Um, in fact, I had taken an assessment that showed a low aptitude for writing. In other <laughs> words, whatever you do, don't write books. I read 3,000 books before I wrote one. What I did was I started taking proactive steps, but yeah. still... I'm staring at 35 and I don't have a book to show for it. And so what mm -hmm. I did is I set a goal that I'm not going to turn 35 without writing a book. And, and it was a self-published book. But what I did then for 40 days is I disciplined myself to write every single day. Now, is that the best book I've ever written? No, but I proved to myself that I was able to do it. And so, yeah. so much of this is reverse engineering. And I would even say this, people who ask me, how do you write a book? My short answer, set your alarm clock very early in the morning because that's where we get down to business yep. and yep. we really manage time. Yeah. So that, that's a really good point. Like a good friend of mine, um, Jeff Goins, who's another writer in town, Nashville, he has written a um, handful of books and he put a post up on Facebook that just kind of revolutionized my thinking as I'm working on this book now and as I've been writing. He essentially said, every single morning I get up, I go to the same coffee shop, I sit at the same table, get the same cup of coffee, and I write for, I think it's 500 words every single day. And I've done that and that's written me three or four books, that's written me hundreds of blog posts, and I just follow that same pattern, that same habit, doing the work every day. And as soon as he did it, it just clicked for me that I, I just picked up that habit and just started doing it because for years, you know, I've been a writer for many years, I would try to batch it. And I would have one day a week where I would go marathon where I'd write for six hours. And inevitably, so many of those days, like it would just be a bad writing day. And so I would just not get much done and feel like it's not going anywhere. And it just didn't work for me. And there are some people that can work like that. But for me, um, like what you're talking about, this is a consistent thing of doing the work each day, focusing on that, getting that done, like that has made all the progress. And it's been so great for me in this process I'm in now. So I love yeah. that. And that's encouraging, isn't it? Because yeah. you don't have to be a rocket scientist. It literally is about showing up. And so yeah. it's funny, you know what I do just to share a little bit behind the scenes, because I'm not naturally gifted as a writer, I have this little routine where I take my shoes off when I'm in a writing season. To me, it's a reminder that it's holy ground. And then I literally, I don't type with the keyboard I worship God with 26 letters of the English alphabet. It's kind of this mindset that huh. I take my shoes off. Like it gets that. me into kind of a flow or a zone. And then when it's all said and done, we even chatted about this idea before the podcast. I actually yeah. recruited a team and said, let's pray that God puts the right book in the right hands at the right time so that then... A book sold isn't a book sold. It's a prayer answered. And Amen. so it really is a really spiritual good. exercise. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. All right. There's another quote from this book that I really like. Just a really powerful idea. And I'd love for you to chat a little bit about this. Time is measured in minutes and life is measured in moments. Can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And we could add on to that, that the days are long, but the years are short. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
I live by a little mantra, don't accumulate possessions, accumulate experiences. Yep. And there's this, if it's okay, there's this little microcosm of this guy. We don't know his name, but he's called the rich young ruler. And yeah. so we, we know he has a lot of wealth. He has a lot of life in front of him, probably. And he's in a position of power. And uh, he just couldn't quite let go of that possession. Here he is offered an internship with the Son of God. Think about all, all of the miracles he could have witnessed. He could have yeah. been there when Jesus walked on water. He could have ate the miraculous catch of fish. Yeah. And, but he traded all of those miracles because he opted for possessions instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think the challenge there is we get so caught up in the minutes. And listen, I advocate for uh, stewarding minutes, hours, days, weeks, and months. Okay. We've got to be, if we don't control the calendar, it controls us. But there's this Greek word kairos, which is about time and opportunity. And it's perceiving the moment and the gift that those moments are. And all too often in our culture, we're more focused on getting the selfie than really fully experiencing the moment. And so that really is kind of the the heart of that part of the book. Yeah, that's really good. And I, I actually have this little, I want to read this passage because this is kind of what you just mentioned. You said, the only way to be fully alive is to be fully present. And the only way to be fully present is to live in daytide compartments. For our, far too many of us, life feels like the meaningless passage of time between two or between far too few meaningful moments. And even when they do come along, we take selfies instead of being fully present. We miss the moment because we're living in the wrong time zone. We're so fixated on the past and so anxious about the future that we miss the present and then we wonder where life went. It just hits home. It's so strong. Like, <laughs> Bob, is there one of those moments for you? I'll give you a second to think about it. But, you know, I shared the story about the top of the uh, Empire State Building moment. And I share about a moment in my life at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Those moments are such gifts from God. I'm just curious, yeah. is there, as you were reading it, was there a moment that popped into your mind? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of moments. I want more of them. There's a spot on this trail in Sedona. Like I went to Sedona for the first time a couple of years ago and went hiking around there. And I'm like, it's just absolutely so beautiful. It looks like heaven. It looks like heaven. And I was with uh, my brother-in-law and my son and his sons. And yeah, it was one of those moments where it's like, I wish I could hang on to this and that I'll never forget. Kind of like what you're talking about. And yeah, yeah, I want more of those. I want to fill my life up with those. Yeah. And some of it is a mindset you know, at the base of the brainstem, there is this reticular activating system that determines what we notice and what goes unnoticed. And, you know, it's funny because this is really a rabbit trail, but I've found that keeping a gratitude journal almost sanctifies my reticular activating system Mm -hmm. and forces me to look for those little moments every single day. Because if we don't, at the end of the day, what we remember is rush hour traffic, the person that we work with that maybe wasn't quite as courteous as we had hoped, the insult on social media, and we accumulate all of this stress and anxiety instead of really having a mindset towards, okay, 
what is the moment today? There's going to be a moment today where I can experience God's presence and really realize how, how blessed I am. Yeah. You know, I'm a parent right now with three little kids. There's a lot of really beautiful moments, a lot of really stressful, difficult <laughs> parenting moments. And yes. it's so easy to let the stressful moments, because, you know, with kids, they can flip a switch. They can be like behaving so poorly and then instantly be like so cute and adorable and be the thing that I want to soak this up forever. I know this isn't going to last forever. Yeah. And that can really be a challenge, just staying in that moment and not letting it be tainted by what's on both sides of it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny it, since we're on the subject of kids and my kids are a little bit older. In fact, my youngest son just went to college. Yeah. And so we actually went out and got a puppy and uh, but it's, <laughs> it's sort of the same experience, awfully cute, yeah. but pretty sharp puppy teeth. But yeah, yeah. Uh, on that subject, one of my favorite facts is that the word diaper spelled backwards is repaid. So I'll just kind of leave that hanging <laughs> out there. And uh, the way the way I think about it is we have three kids. It divides our energy by three, but mm-hmm. it multiplies our joy by three. Yep. And so it just kind of comes with the territory such as yep. life. Yeah, that's good. All right, let's talk a little bit about this. One of the uh, habits you mentioned in the book you know, so the title for anybody listening, definitely check out this book, Win the Day. And let me go back to maybe get your subtitle right. Seven Daily Habits to Help You Stress Less and Accomplish More. So definitely check that out. And one of these habits you talked about was this idea of eating the frog, which I believe was Mark Twain or somebody yes. came up with that, right? Yeah. You said, if you want God to do the super, you need to do the natural. And what we do with Sea Time, like we focus on helping believers, you know, win with money to be the best possible stewards and to honor God with that increase. And so we talk a lot about paying off debt. And Linda and I, you know, we had a a challenging debt story, a big pile of debt we had to overcome. And I remember going through that process and looking at this mountain and saying, all right, God, I'm going to step into this. I want to pay this thing off. I believe it's going to be honoring to you to do this. When I do my math, it's going to take a long, long time, you know, but I'm going to step into this and I'm praying for your guidance, your strength to help me do this. And we watched God miraculously sweep in so many different times, so many different ways to speed up that process so much faster. Like we did what we could do in our natural strength and God did the supernatural. Mm -hmm. And over the years, as I've talked to readers and podcast listeners, I have heard that so many times, that story, that same story over and over and over again. Like I think God just loves helping us pay off debt. So what can you add to that? Is there anything else here? Is that, are we talking about the same thing? We are. I mean, the idea of eating the frog is you do the hardest thing at the beginning of the day. Yeah. And then the hardest thing is behind you. And yeah. so it's kind of, you know, it's, uh, well, you can't break the law of sowing and reaping. It'll make mm-hmm. or break you. But I love that mindset. So we don't forget, we ought to at least talk about that seventh habit, seed the clouds a little bit. Let's um, talk about it. But, Let's but go. one other thought as it relates to eat the frog and this idea that if you want God to do the super, you have to do the natural. A couple of years ago, Bob, my wife in her mid 40s is diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And, you know, it's one of those things that kind of comes out of right field. Yeah. And two things were game changers. One, she read this piece of poetry and it asked a question, what have you come to teach me? 
And it totally flipped her mindset and almost began to see cancer as a teacher. We started doing the hard work. Like we, we were praying for a miracle. We were believing that she would get to cancer free and, and she is now. Awesome. But you know what? We had to do the hard work. I mean, we totally changed diet. We started going to comedy clubs more because laughter doeth good yeah. like a medicine. <laughs> we started practicing gratitude as more of a daily discipline. And we eliminated some of the toxins in our environment. So just a, a word of encouragement to people. The title of this book is not win the lottery. It's win the day. You know, yeah, it's not yeah, yeah. it's not waiting for something crazy to happen. It's about doing the hard work day in and day out. And when we do yeah. that, when we eat the frog, God ends up doing more than what we would have imagined. Yeah, so good. So let's talk about the other habit you're talking about, uh, sowing the seed or something. Yeah, seed the clouds. Seed the clouds. Um, well, we're cut from the same cloth because, listen, I think relationally, physically, spiritually, all of those are areas I've tried to grow in over the mm-hmm. years. But I have to say it's financially that we've had some of the most fun and we've got to make those decisions that really position us for the way that God wants to bless us. The very first thing God does after creating Adam is to bless him. And so this is God's most ancient instinct. No good thing will God withhold from those who walk up rightly before him. So I have no doubt that God wants to bless us, but we have to, through obedience, really position ourselves for that. And so just as we, you know, seed the ground, we also can seed the clouds. And so I have a little bit of fun with that idea that actually meteorologically 50 years ago, we discovered you can put some dry ice into the clouds and actually make it rain. And so, um, (laughs) yeah. And so what do we need to sow today to reap a better tomorrow? It sounds like that's kind of the heartbeat of Mm -hmm. your mission and what you're trying to accomplish, even that seed metaphor. We want things to happen at the speed of light, but biblically, things generally happen at the speed of a seed planted in the ground that has to take root and bear fruit. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned the obedience factor because I think that is so overlooked by so many people. You know, when I look back at my life over the last 15, 20 years, when I would say that I've really been all in serving the Lord. I've watched God do these miraculous things, but it was always the result of a small step of obedience or sometimes really big step of obedience, but small inkling from God to do it, you know, Mm -hmm. but it was always something where it's like, there's no way that this will ever amount to anything. Why would God want me to do this? And it just seems like that's a pattern that he's led us down. And in without those acts of obedience, we wouldn't have seen the resulting fruit, you know? Yeah. Um, so I love that you added that in there. Yeah. Well, and some of the hardest steps of faith are financial steps of faith. Yeah. But those sure. can be some of the most rewarding. I think it was in my 20s that I read this book about J.C. Penney, the yeah. uh, founder of the department store, who by the end of his life was reverse tithing. So yeah, he was living so cool. off of 10%, giving 90%. And so... Yeah. One of the ways that we've seeded the clouds over the years is that with that first book, 
we said, hey, what, why don't we try a double tithe? What if we gave 20 instead of mm-hmm. 10? And then you have a little bit of fun and you get to 50-50. Then you have so much fun. You're like, hey, let's see what God could do if we could even take it a little bit further than that. And so we found yeah. almost that it becomes giving or generosity becomes this adventure yeah. where you can be a blessing to others. And then the crazy thing, Bob, you know this better than me. You can't outgive God. I'm not talking slot machine. I'm not talking yeah. like, I'm just saying yeah. God is so generous and so giving and so yeah. loving that when we exercise that godly characteristic, oh, it becomes so much fun. And what Jesus said is true. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Yeah, so true. So good. Love it. One other thing I wanted to ask about real quick, because this is something that I talk about a decent amount on the podcast. You talked about one of the habits is you're talking about how playing it safe is actually risky. I know like as somebody who worked as an employee in a big corporate job for a long time that felt or that I believed to be very safe and then came to find out that it wasn't when I got laid off. (laughs) And then I stepped out into kind of entrepreneurship, which a lot of people believe to be risky, but, you know, in a lot of ways is more safe because it was, it actually is more safe because I was obeying God and what I was doing, you know, talk a little bit about that idea. Yeah. Well, at the end of our lives, studies have shown that our greatest regrets will be inactions. In other words, it will be the opportunities yeah. we left on the table, the woulda, coulda, shoulda, to the tune of 84 to 16%. Wow. And so, you know, I read the parable of the talents and it's fascinating to me because here is a guy who breaks even, he buries his talent and then gives back what he had. Listen, yeah. in some economies, that's not half bad. You didn't yeah. lose anything. Yeah. And then Jesus calls them wicked. I'm like, what? What is that about? Well, yeah. God wants that 10, 30, 100 fold return. And so if potential is God's gift to us, then what we do with it is our gift back to God. And so That's good. sometimes we have this, this holiness by subtraction mindset. Like if I don't do anything wrong, then it's all right. Well, goodness is not the absence of badness. You can do nothing wrong and still do nothing right. It's the sins of omission that I think grieve the heart of God because he gives us all of this potential. And so I think what we need to realize is that faith is spelled risk, that there are going to be moments. Yes, go ahead and count the cost. Luke 14, Jesus said, count the cost. But at the end of the day, you have got to step out in faith. And for me, I define faith as taking the first step before God reveals the second step. And often, have you found, Bob, it often faith has a financial dimension to it? Oh, Um, yeah. That it's, okay, it's going to take about $85 of faith to fill out the application or even even your first date. That might have been like a $30 step of faith, you know? And so I think it's just important that we recognize, I love taking little steps of faith Mm -hmm. and then seeing the way that God honors those and the way that sometimes those then, those small steps of faith turn into giant leaps. Yeah, that's so good. 
The book is called Win the Day, Seven Daily Habits to Help You Stress Less and Accomplish More. And yeah, I've really been enjoying it. If I would have gotten a copy earlier, I, I would have had it done by now, but it's really good. Like you're a fantastic writer. Definitely encourage anyone watching, listening to check it out. Mark, thank you so much for spending some time with me today, brother. Hey, Bob, great to meet you and hopefully look forward to another conversation soon. If you haven't yet taken our Money Mastery quiz, be sure to do that. Yeah, it's just a super quick two-minute quiz, and it's going to help you understand how good you are with your money. Yeah, and it's going to provide a custom report giving you specific suggestions on how you can reach your financial goals up to 10 times faster. Mm -hmm. Head over to seedtime.com forward slash quiz to get started now.